like it is program the kingdom way with dr apostle baker j baker who is a doctor i want to welcome you to the program today i am so honored to have a uh uh one uh, a, a comedy person on today and one that not uh that is comical but is is a learned and is knows a lot about uh, listening to the lord and him to open things up so that we can have the understanding of who we are how it is that we're to walk and living out of the tabernacle and living into the tabernacle. So without any further talk from me, I would like to introduce you to my brother, my friend, Apostle Calvin Cook. Good morning. Uh, good afternoon, I should say. Uh, yes, afternoon, it's not morning. It, it was God. morning earlier, but this afternoon. Well, uh, praise God for you. Good to see you this, this afternoon here in San Jose. You're in Manteca. Uh-huh. And I'm in San Jose, which is a beautiful day today. Yes, it is. We're alive. That's what makes it beautiful. Oh, that's right. Praise God. Uh -huh. what, you got, what you got today, uh, young lady? Okay. I want you, your audience wants you. Number one is this. Um, I am, I, I'm mentoring, well, actually not that. I'm, I'm discipling and, and preparing some people for ministry, some people that I've licensed, you know, for ordination and all of this. And part of their assignment is to watch you and uh, to learn uh, different things, to learn you, to learn your spirit, to learn um, not just the things that you teach, but how uh, these things pour out of you. And I personally know that you live what you teach, you live what you preach. And so uh, I want you to make it relative as we're going through the different parts of the tabernacle and the priesthood and whatever it is, wherever it is that you choose to go, I want to pull out of you uh, the things that, how it is that it's relevant in our lives, because this is what this is really about. And um, so that's where I want you to start. Well, I, I tell you what, uh, the, for me, uh, we get to see the whole picture. And I think that's what I've been trying to convey to the believer. Uh, the tabernacle was not something you go learn and, you know, as a novelty or just something, but you, it, there's life there. It's the life. It's a mystery that's hidden there for, and one thing about God, he doesn't hide anything from us. He conceals it for us so that we can discover it as we go through the processes of maturity. So the tabernacle, what we've done so far is walk from the outer court. Uh, out of the natural sunlight. And now we've moved into the inner court and we spent a, a couple of weeks talking about the candlestick, which is the new creation light that none of us has ever lived in before. That's why he continues to tell us, let the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That's not the throwaway which you learned in the outer court, but what it does, it enhances, it teaches you how to use your skills and abilities you learned in the outer court in a way that will glorify God and also bring resources into the kingdom once you come under his light and have his mind about why he lets you have those things. See, and that's why he says that uh, he told the people of God, he said, I gave you power to get wealth. 
I gave, it's, it's something I empowered you to do in a people. You were created after my image. Of course, you have within you the ability to, to act out creation in the way you live your life. You ought to have innovative ideas. You ought to have everything that heaven has for the earth. You are a vessel of that that dispenses my mind to this earth realm so that heaven can be lived out on the earth. And the tabernacle teaches us those steps of progression and how we get there. It's not just something we're learning. I, what I've learned to do is stop at each piece and meditate. Oh God, what's your intentions here? Was it, what, is, what am I supposed to take from here? How does this, because you said something earlier, I'm not sure when you said it, but you said, why are we learning things that we can't use and if, and if you're learning something, how are you going to apply, apply it in the day-to-day -day life you live among those that are lost or even among the saints? So if you're teaching and, and nobody can do what you're teaching, and I've told everybody this, if you're a teacher and you can't do it, then stop teaching. Because every time you talk about miracles, you're supposed to be doing them. It's everything we're teaching, we become practitioners of. And if we're just talking and talking, but we're never practitioners, we never become the message. We always have a message, but we don't have a power to live out what we've been saying. Then we're still in a, a, a stage of development. And that's what Paul said. He says, when Christ was revealed in me, uh, when the Son of God was revealed in me, then God allowed me to preach. Because remember, Paul had a, another message he was preaching until he got converted on the road to Damascus. So God had to get that message out of him. Watch this. And God had to get the system that that message uh, came from out of him. See, that's where a lot of us are fighting in the church because we got systems of religion and systems of this that are built in our inner man. And what has to happen when we come into Christ, he has to reconstruct and tear down those things that uh, we want to live out in him that don't fit there. They don't, they don't have a fitting place there. So they can't be lived out in, in this new kingdom place called the kingdom of God. Now today, uh, oh my God, I got so much in my spirit. You, uh, We talked about the light and we got to talk about what the light shines on. Well, I think we did that last time. We were with the body of Christ, the table of showbread, where my enemy is revealed to me. I'll prepare a table for you in the presence of my enemy. And we find out the enemy is never outside of us. It's that stuff inside of us that messed us up. Uh, uh, I remember my daddy said something to me when I was a little boy and at 40 years old, I was still hurt by it. And a guy was sitting up there and God said, what's wrong with you? I said, he said, I, I thought you said you forgave your daddy. I said, I did. He said, no, you didn't. What's that stuff behind door number one? And it was some stuff I had hid away about my dad. He said some ugly stuff to me. And I didn't let it go. Here I am, 40 years old, got children, I got thing, I'm I'm working in the in the in the world out here and I'm prospering. And I'm dragging my daddy around <laughs> at like a dead weight. And so what happens at the table of showbread, we get exposed so that we can come clean when we come to the prayer altar. So we have to, God has to expose at this table, your enemy. And he does that in the, and he calls it the present bread or the face bread or the table. And I noticed on the table, 
it had two crowns on it. One crown was, was facing up and one crown was facing down. God, why is that crown facing down? He says, because I'm king even in the bad times. I'm not always king in the good times. In this world, you will have tribulation. But as long as you stay steadfast and movable in the center of my kingship, I will keep you, I will be able to keep you standing and I will be able to provide for you everything you need. So he has a he's king when things are good and he's king during tribulation. And we see that. And I remember um, Peter, they were crossing over in the ship. Now, this is a table show, but I want to show you how it works. And there were 12 loaves in that ship. And Jesus comes walking on the water. And they see it. It's, oh, my God, it's a ghost. And they were so afraid, the Bible says. Now, watch this content. Now, one of the loaves decided that he don't want to be in the, the rest of the loaf because danger is there. So he says, Lord, save me. He didn't say save us. He said, save me. And Jesus said, oh, you of little faith. He didn't celebrate him walking on the water. He did not celebrate him uh, uh, getting out of the boat. He rebuked him because 12 loaves were being sent over to the other side. Lord Jesus. I don't know if you see what I'm saying. See, it's the, it's the body of Christ that's whole that God wants to present to the world. No more fragmented, divided isms and schisms, but he wants the 12 loaves that represent the substance of life, the 12 tribes, the, uh, the 12 armies that protected the camp, the 12 months in the year, uh, the 12 issues of blood, but that 12 years, the daughter that died at 12 years old. These are all issues that can be dealt with at the table of showbread. Healings in the bread. It's the children's bread. Uh, reconciliation is in the bread. It's called communion. There was a cup of wine and there was a, a gold cup there and there was incense sprinkled on the bread. And that meant that before we could go further to the, to the prayer altar, we had to reconcile at the table of showbread and we had to commune there until we became able to walk in that candlelight as he was in that light. You see, it's all played out in the tabernacle there that we fellowship at this bread with, and with one another until we can get over and forgive and reconcile and fall in love with each other so that we could feed the nations with our substance that we got from the table. You see, and these yes. things, these are life, these, these things must happen in the church. The church is not for entertainment. Peter did not, now I know we, we like to preach the Pentecostal, get out of the boat, yeah! Oh, you know, we do all that. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. <laughs> but, it's not true to the character of what he told them to do. He said, go over to the other side. He didn't say, get out of the boat when the storm or when they see me coming by. Peter was thinking about Peter. Here's the center of the moment. Peter and his brother were fishermen. The others were doctors, lawyers, and Indian chiefs. They not, were not used to being on the water. And if Peter really loved his brothers, he would say, it's going to be all right. I've been in many storms before. But Peter wasn't thinking about nobody but Peter. He wasn't thinking about uh, 
giving an illustrated sermon of somebody walking on the water and getting out of the boat and taking a risk to faith for God, like we preach today, what we see there is the table of showbread and one loaf went out to do his own thing and left his place of the body. We got so much of that going on. We got men that don't want to be covered by the ministry. We got people out doing that. See, they, they left the whole loaf. They left the table. And you just are, said something. Let me let me interject something so yes, that you please. On it. You said <laughs> you're so bad. No, I'm serious. Please help me. <laughs> oh, oh, you're so bad. Anyway, drink drink that drink and, and shake it up. You need to shake that stuff up there in that in that container. So anyway, you know I'm the boss, right? Anyway, at all costs. Yeah, you said something. You said there's people that don't want to be covered. One of the things that you don't that didn't understand about the showbread is that it was covered. It it there was a covering, and and everything has to everything is covered. So as you're talking about that, I want you to to speak this uh, relative. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's good. That's a good. That's good because. There were two curtains and and two cur and two coverings over the candlestick and over all the furniture. There was ram skin. There was a linen of, of righteousness white. There was goat's hair dyed red, and then there was the um, embroidered. Uh, uh, anyway, there were four of them, so nobody in the natural realm could look into the church to see what we were doing. There were no cameras in the tabernacle. Because this was a secret place. Now, y'all don't want to hear this. We got people today to try to argue with me. Well, we need to show the world what we're doing. God, you ain't doing this for the world. Everything you do in the church is for him. I don't know where we got this Hollywood mentality that everything we do, we got to brag about it, show the world what we're doing. Come on, body of Christ. And the thing about it, half the people that's in that crowd don't worship God. So why do you want to show them that? God always intended for our worship and our prayer and our fellowship, if it had an impact, it would be because they saw how much we loved each other at that table. It would send out a vibration of light from the temple that would draw people into the house of God. And not because we put our cameras on anything and, and, and then did what the world does and advertise it with certain little scenotic shots that we do so everybody can see how we progress and how much money we have and how big our choir is and listen to our golden voices and listen to these wonderful songs. We've mastered worship. God says, no, I have this covered. And the only one you want to impress during these moments is me. Because you're, you're doing it because if you do it right, I'll transform you. That's it. That's the intimacy. That's that place. Is that or is that not? You don't invite people into your bedroom with your with your mate. So you definitely don't need to invite them into that intimate time with him. That, that's 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 exactly right. And even over into the New Testament, he tells us come into the closet alone. So our intimate time with God is not to be commercialized. You cannot commercialize it. I didn't say you couldn't have it. You notice in our church, we don't show our worship time, just the preaching. That's intentional because you don't need to see me making love with anybody. That's personal to me. And so uh, and some of us could do it. We always got our rings showing so everybody can see our jewelry and our watches. That ain't worship. 
if you want people to recognize your prosperity, God wants your prosperity to be a secret between you and him. Then he makes a statement. If you come into the closet and you shut the door alone, and that he said, I will mythos you. The word mythos means I'll add dividends to your secret time. And you won't have to tell nobody nothing about being with me. I'll show them that you've been with me. I will make a public display of you before the people. So you're talking about the showbread. Yeah. You're, you're actually bringing, bringing things in. You're bringing... Um, um, uh, instances in, you're showing that you're making it relevant. You're showing where it's, it's mistreated and where it's treated right. And uh, I, I like that. Go ahead. Watch. Now, we haven't done this well, but this is our goal. And we got to get this in our spirit. We are being changed from the fading Old Testament image of the face of Moses that was revealed to us in the law. Now, listen, and many of us we got, we double faced it. We got a little bit of Jesus' face and we got a little bit of Moses' face. People don't know who, what we represent. Now watch this. And that thing is wrapped around the knowledge of sin, Moses. He was, come on now. But, but God, what God wants to do is bring us into the unfading, permanent, surpassing New Testament glory revealed uh, that we found out in the labor face the face of Jesus, truth and grace with the knowledge of his righteousness. And so as we walk forward, we are changed from glory to glory. And that means we're going, listen to this is so powerful. We're changing from Moses's glory to Christ's glory a little bit at a time. And that glory starts getting revealed at the table of showbread because we're in the light. And as we're in the light, we get to see what the light reveals. It reveals his glory. Remember, he says, glorify me in your body. Where? In the body of Christ. He wasn't talking about me glorifying God in this body. He was saying when we come together corporately as a cluster of grapes in a corporate anointing, glorify me. Glorify me in that body so that I get the glory from your fellowship. And then out of that comes transformation from that which was old, which was glorious. But this thing I want to do is more glorious. See? And it takes a corporation of the corporate body of Christ, fellowshipping one with another. We don't do that very well because we got... One brother said to me yesterday, and I really love what he said. He said, we're never going to get together totally about our different versions of the gospel or doctrines. He said, but what's keeping us from being in the same spirit? And I thought that was so powerful. See, because we don't fellowship one with another in the same spirit. It's a spirit of jealousy. There's a spirit of competition. There's a spirit of one, un, of one upmanship. Oh, I can't let her know more than me. Oh, I believe in women ministries, but she ain't smarter than me. I can't let her. And we got that still stuff going on in the body of Christ, that means what that simply means. It's not an indictment. It just means we have a fellowship with each other. And it also, it also brings forth the fact that, and this might sound harsh uh, and never let me want to sound that way, but. Uh, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> that was really, really good. 
<laughs> you like that? Eh, I know Richard did too. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. You, you like that? You 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 messed me up. Okay. Anyway, never mind. I'll let you go ahead on, and it'll come back to me. Um, um, See, th there is a nature of the father of light. See, we're the children of, of, of light and he's the father of lights. And uh, so as we walk in the light, we begin to be partakers of his divine nature according to the precious promises of God that re get revealed to us because of the candlestick light showing on the table. See, the, the corresponding action is that you're in the light. Now you're in fellowship. Now he reveals the sun. And now watch this. Now you're now you're being changed to someone that could go to the next place, which is the prayer altar, as a what? An interceding priest, rather, rather than a needy child that don't have their needs met. And that's what we produced in the church. Instead of interceding priest from the table of showbread, we produce children that feel like God has left them out. And where's this? And you promised me you're gonna give that. And you said if I touch and agree, and that's not in the scriptures concerning your personal thing, touch and agree had to do with reconciliation between relationships. That's and right. One of the things that happened at <clears throat> at, uh, uh, at Pentecost, this is one of the things that happened. They went there in a place of unity, agreeing on one thing, the purpose that they were there for. It did not mean that they all had the same theology, all had the same uh, ways of looking at things, but they uh, they did have the same theology. I apologize on that. But what it was is that the differences of who they were and how they represented was very different. But they went there with one purpose, one purpose. And only if, if we realize that we are new creations, then we realize another thing that we're kingdom citizens and you cannot be in the kingdom of God without the unity of God. And that's one of the things that I think that you're bringing forth right now is that uh, there's different ways of expressing, but there's only one purpose that we're in there. There's one purpose that we gather together and, 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 and worship him in that place. And that's where we choose unity. Yeah, and, and the spirit of God has one uh, characteristics. He's the spirit of unity, communion, union, and community. So when we talk about the table of communion or the table of showbread, it's a place for the community to reveal the unity of God in the spirit of unity. And even though I don't agree with everything you say, we're in the spirit together. And because we both know that we don't have the full package anyway, no sense breaking relationships on we own the part that we only know in part. And we don't have enough respect for each other sometimes to know that your part and my part may not be the only part, but there are still other portions of and pieces that need to be put together for our message to even become whole. I heard a guy yesterday. He made oh, wait, wait, wait a minute, Apostle Cal. Wait, wait a minute. You said something that I just don't get. You said you don't always agree with me. No, I wouldn't have said that on public. I would, I would never say that publicly. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. That was somebody else said that. Okay. I always agree with you. Sure. You're always right. That's right. Tell it like it is. Because <laughs> I'm your big sister. I'm your older sister. That's right. No, I was, no, wait, wait. Look, I didn't say I feel like, look, I didn't fall in the bump my head anywhere. Are you always right.
But as I was saying, there are times where we must acquiesce and refer others greater than ourselves or more uh, astute than ourselves or more aware or have a, just because we're not in a big place doesn't mean God didn't speak to you a greater thing because I could be in a high place and he ain't speaking to me because I'm too high. But there are times where God will speak uh, to uh, people that um, others consider a lower state, but that man's walking in some heavy revelation out of his relationship that he has with God. Now, you can tell who's been with God because they could be with anybody. They can fellowship with dirt and they would be happy because they've been in the light. Once you've been in the light, as he's, listen to me, as he's in the light, that was the key. Walk in the light as he's in the light. Who's in the light? As Christ is reflecting the light on the moon. The moon is the type of the church that don't have its own light, but has to walk in somebody else's and reflect what they walk in to this world. You are the light of the world. And he said, you, the reason he calls us a city because we're corporately joined together. Anytime you have a, a, a millions and billions of people together, you, you create a city. He said, you're a city up on a hill. So he doesn't even speak of the light in a singular way. He speaks of the light affecting a corporation of people who are called the body of Christ. And the table show break goes on and on and on. It, it's got four legs that hold the table up to speak of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's all kind of symbolism there. It, 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 it's made, it's gold overlaid with wood. That means God would never bring you into his presence and let you bring your flesh. So he covers your flesh so, so that you can have an inheritance because flesh and blood can inherit. So he hides your fleshly you and covers you with himself, which is the, the, the anointing on that table. And he allowed the kings, the priests, that was their food. They could eat that bread. Isn't that interesting? They had incense on it and they had to eat it. Yeah, but incense represents the brokenness that allow you to join with people that are not like you, different color, different race. Different. See, see, that's why some folk can't meet with everybody. A guy called me the other day and says, I want to talk to you, brother. I need your help, but I just want to, I just want to help black people. I said, I can't help you. Because I want to hold, I want to help the whole world. That's right. I got the Father's heart. Holy Ghost isn't a black Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. I, I don't know if you heard what I said. I no, love everybody. Not. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not against black folk. I is. I am one of them. <laughs> I is black. He was. Yeah, good. yeah, right. But what I'm saying <laughs> is that my assignment, my assignment is not color coded. That's it's right. King, That's right. Kingdom coded. And that's I'm why we've got to get to the place. Right. That's why we have to get to that place where there is no race. There is only one. There is only one. And it's, it, it's, it, that's it. There's it's only human race. Yes. Yes. And been, yeah. And I've been sent out of heaven. Yes. Out of heaven into the earth to solve earth's problems. And they're not black. They're sin. If that's we had right. no sin, there'd be no racism. If we had, if sin was eradicated, we wouldn't have any of the problems we have. So I can't, right. I can't color code this thing. I got to stay in the light. Yes, you do. But the light is is, is about to 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 dawn for a, a while because we're just about out of time. We have gone. <laughs> I so appreciate this. And people, remember, be back next week for 
Tell it like it, for tell it like it is the kingdom way. We're talking about the kingdom of God. And I'm going to have my illustrious, beautiful, handsome, uh, talented, uh, uh, anointed brother. You bring back. somebody on next week? Who you bring yeah, on? I'm bringing somebody else uh, on. That's what I was talking about. So, but you're going to be on there with them, okay? <laughs> uh, this is this is Apostle Baker and Apostle Cook uh, telling you bye-bye. And we'll be back here next week. <laughs> you too much. Bye-bye. You are too much.